Welcome once again to the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. Luke Ned Carney, Rob Jordan, Alex Thompson here with you for the Across the Pond edition of the football show. The Right Hosh, season two, episode four, I believe. I might have lost count. I'll check that later. But doesn't matter. We're here in the studios across the state of North Carolina to bring you uh, some great EPL and UCL talk. And... uh just uh, just we didn't didn't get to do this last week because a little 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 too too much in the suitcase. But uh, I thought thought it was a, g- a good good uh good opportunity for us to just sit back, watch some soccer, and well, for me at least as a Liverpool fan, get to watch us play an exhibition game against the LASK Linz team, which we defeated three to one in the Europa League, and uh and uh another another three to one win at home against uh, Aston Villa, or excuse me, against uh, West Ham. Uh, Aston Villa taking down Chelsea Food Line FC in this weekend's games, but it's good to be back. It's uh, it's nice to uh, not be here on a uh, on a, a super super hot day. The weather's getting nice, nice a little bit crisper. Perfect football weather, but also good football weather too. I kind of liked like when I played soccer as a kid, and it would be in these these crisper mornings where you can smell it in the air, and you know that that got me got me excited to to go and get my team get crushed twelve to nothing when I was a kid. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it's been been a fun start to the Premier League season. Um, in, no, no shortage of of controversy and um, intrigue so far. Uh, you know, City just kind of doing what they do in in, in spite of the mounting amount of injuries and uh, perennially uh, slimming squad depth, but. Uh, the, the guys who play keep playing well. Uh, we uh, also had a midweek game versus Red Star. We will talk about uh, some Champions League. Myself and Rob will talk about some Champions League uh, a little bit later. Um, I think Luke, maybe I, I don't know if I don't know if you plan on touching on the last, but um, there you go. You, you could if you want to uh, during that time. But it's it's been a it's been a fun beginning to the season. Um, it doesn't even feel like the last one really ended because of the way the World Cup kind of shifted everything forward. And uh, as we get into the to the talking portion, it, I'm curious from you guys: uh, are your players or, or your roster starting to experience uh, what City is? And just injuries, injuries, injuries. There's little nicks. There's little you know knacks here and there. And keep a guy out two or three weeks. The squad depth is uh, not not what it was at the beginning of last season for sure. Um, and, uh, just curious your guys take and, uh, how, how your teams are experiencing so far. It's niggles as it were. The niggles, of course. (laughs) Rob, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we certainly had some injuries, uh, start piling up at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, some of them, we, uh, the major ones had already happened, uh, you know, close to a month, at least a month ago. Um, but you know, really it's just little knocks here and there. And I mean, we, we've mentioned it time and time again here, but the, the premiership, the season, it's a long grueling season, uh, in addition to other, 
you know, international competitions, uh, international break play, as well as, you know, Champions League and Europa League for those players. So um, <clears throat> nothing uh, too bad to update from Arsenal uh, in terms of injuries. We can talk about that a little bit here, but uh, a good showing. Other than Kai Havertz being healthy, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he has been put on the bench the last few games and, and coming off the bench. So, I mean, listen, it, we'll take the baby steps. Again, Arteta, the right hosh is in his head. And, uh, I mean, you know, Arsenal continue to move forward uh, undefeated in the Premiership. So, he must be listening to something. At least for Liverpool. They, they've been able to avoid the injury bug for the most part uh, this early in this early stages. Uh, two major names to to report on: uh, Thiago Alcantara, uh, groin slash hip slash pelvic injury. This per PremierInjuries.com. Um, September fifteenth was the last update. It said Thiago is running, but that's it. That's a, that's a, I guess that's pinning it down. Um, still no no real update on when he's going to be back. Trent Alexander Arnold with a thigh injury. He missed the last game uh, against West Ham. Uh, the, the Reds didn't really miss him, but but he did miss the game. Uh, they said he will train. He didn't train with the team once, and it will take a little bit. This was the same day they assessed uh, Alcantara. Um, it's a hamstring injury, and they barely heal heal in two weeks. He is running already. We hope he can start ball work early next week. So it doesn't sound like either of those guys are going to come back uh, imminently. But at least for Liverpool as a whole, it's it's been uh, been pretty smooth sailing. The, the trainer has kind of been twiddling his thumbs during most of the games, which is is good to report. Yeah, I, honestly, this is kind of part of the season where if you I, – I think you have a slight advantage if you weren't playing deep into the the, the European tournaments because, uh, I mean, C- City just can't – we haven't been able to get over it. Um, you know, we, we've lost Kovacic, who I think is kind of coming back. Uh, same with Jack Grealish. Um, but, you know, Kevin De Bruyne is still out for a while. John Stones is taking a little bit longer. Uh, Bernardo Silva uh, tweaked something. Uh, you know, he had to set out the first uh, couple of matches of this season, thought he was healthy, comes back and he's not, um, you know, it, against Red Star uh, on Wednesday, we, we didn't even have enough players to fill out a full substitution. We had six outfield players who were available to sub in that game uh, should it have been needed. And, you know, this it goes back to our, our smaller squad size last year. There's a lot of people who said City just rotate players in and out. We had the smallest squad of anybody in in the Premier League last year, and uh, we lost more than we gained this year, just in terms of players leaving and and, and uh, transfers in. So we're playing a lot of young guys, a lot of players who are from the academy, um, and uh, you know it, it's it's really impressive to me that they've been able to do it and not drop points anywhere. Uh, the last time that we weren't vic- straight up victorious was the Arsenal game right before the Premier League season started. Um, so it's impressive, but I mean, it, it, it just can't continue. I, I don't, I don't think you can stay. I, I don't think we can have 11 guys going. Um, if, if we don't add some players or get some, some new players uh, sometime somewhere just to give guys a rest. And um, you know, I, I was, I was kind of joking with Rod, Rob earlier um, about uh, Roger. He had asked about the red card and what happened and, I said he just had to get a red so he could go to some rest. That guy played every single um, fixture we had last year. Didn't miss a single one. Played every fixture. Um, and gets a red card. 
Calvin Phillips comes in and fills in for him a little bit, but uh, Rodri's red card is one of those serious red cards. He is out for the next three matches. So uh, I, I know Rob is, is delighted to hear that Rodri won't be in the arsenal clash here in a couple of uh, weeks, but um, you know, he's also going to be missing uh, a couple of other, this is a time we really didn't need him to be out because we've got uh, Wolves, Arsenal, and Brighton are our next three that he's going to miss. Um, that those, those are tough guys to beat, and we're already kind of hamstrung just with our roster. So I, I hearing what Champions League is going to next year, adding more teams, more, more games, uh, I don't know. I kind of worry about that, not just for City, not just because we're experiencing it right now, but just for everybody uh, who has to play into those competitions, adding more games on top of some World Cup stuff every four years. It's just, uh, man. It's it's tough. Yeah, I mean, it, it was quite the roid rage uh, ending uh, to the first half in that match. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said off air, I mean, Rodri's playing forty chess. You know, if if Pep's not going to take him out, he's got to take himself out. So you know, I, I credit him for outside the box thinking. Um, I've been thinking but- it to myself for like most of the season like the only way Rodri is going to get a break is if he gets hurt or gets a red and I've, I've never seen him snap like that uh I mean he went full both hands around the, the throat of this guy um I don't know what happened there was no issues in the first half of that game uh and then they came out and it wasn't just Rodri there were a couple other city players that were you know taking umbrage with some of the play of of, of Forrest and I honestly don't think the play was what was bothering him. My concern, I, I just don't know what Forrest could have said. Even the announcers are like, I, what happened? Like that, ha- something had to have happened, cha- you know, coming out of the locker room or something. Yeah. You know, when those steroids hit just right, you know, it just, it just comes out. <laughs> it, I, I mean, it would explain his abnormally large head. <laughs> Fair enough. But I mean, Nottingham Forest, it's a tough uh, environment to play in. Um, so, and you know, th- their team's going to feed off the fans so they can certainly make it a chippy match if they want to. And, but you know, uh, Man City are the team to beat this season. Right. So, I mean, we were, we were in Manchester. So that, that's just, that's what just makes it weird. Like there was, Oh really? Oh yeah. yeah. It was at the Eddie had, you're right. You're right. The, the, it's not like he had fans throwing shit at him or anything. Like he just kind of, I mean, he caught an elbow in the back. Sure. I, I, I get it, but that, that, his reaction was from something else. That wasn't from what happened right there. That that was from something else that had happened prior. And I don't know what it is. He, he must have gotten subpoenaed for the uh, upcoming trial with Man City or something. Maybe I think somebody, so, someone told somebody, him Casamar, Casemiro scored and, you know, said something about best DM in the world and guy just lost it. Maybe someone stole his crab rangoons. <laughs> All of the above, uh, dancers D, all of he, the above. He probably was coming happen. back. He was coming back from training the night before and had crab rangoons in the fridge and was just waiting for them and thinking about them all day. And he got home and they were gone. That's what happened. Or, or that was like his halftime carb carbo load was some crab rangoon and it, the, it had his name man. on it in the fridge and someone still took it. The, the kit man came out. And- <laughs> He's like, I just got to choke a bitch. And he came out and choked <laughs> the first person that touched him. It's like, no one's taking my crab rangoon again. He just caught in the crossfire. <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't like him when he's angry. The collateral <laughs> Rodri damage. 
Yeah, I, I don't know how uh, Matoma would feel about Crab Rangoons, but you know, we'll save we'll save that for the Brighton Man City match. Uh, this reminds me, I'm supposed to be fasting today, but I I, I failed miserably at that. A happy Yom Kippur to all of our uh, Jewish listeners, and I I hope you made it through uh, the fast, uh, unlike I did, because I ate a protein bar at like 10 a.m. today and was like, oops. Well, I guess that's not happening. So. Uh, <laughs> not- I got you. Not even joking. I just usually don't eat during the workday, so I haven't eaten today. So I got you covered, Luke. All right, I'll see the right. The right hash fam always provides. So that's that's we we are a village here in the Nasser Alexander Kucheki Studios. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the results from this past week, uh, we uh, we t- we touched on on Man City, uh, mentioned Liverpool, but but Rob, the North London Derby did not go the way of the Gunners. It didn't go the way of the Spurs either, but uh, what 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 do you take away uh, the most from this 2-2 decision uh, at Arsenal Stadium? Uh, this this has got to be a little bit of a disappointment, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly was uh, a letdown uh, just based on the way we were playing the game because, I mean, we thoroughly were dominating uh, most areas of the game. Uh, the momentum was in our... Uh, you know, it was within our control. And um, I mean, quite frankly, there were several opportunities where we could have put the game away. Uh, the one that stands out to me uh, is uh, Gabriel Jesus, that they had done all the hard work. Um, our forwards are uh, really pressing their defense. And uh, he got James Madison. He caught him red-handed. He was able to pickpocket him right in front of the goal and the setup for a perfect shot. Um, and you know, those shots you have to take quickly, take them by surprise, but, um, you know, he, he absolutely roofed it over the goal, um, when he, he essentially had a wide open net and had taken the goalie by surprise. So, um, that's one opportunity and that would have been before halftime and would have been two nil up, uh, before, uh, sun equalized right at the end of the match. And, and that would have killed. Uh, all the momentum for Spurs going into halftime. Um, but, you know, obviously to the second goal, um, you know, that, that was an error by Jorginho. Uh, you know, those two mistakes uh, are the two big glaring mistakes. I don't necessarily uh, think it's fair to say they cost us the game because we played very well, um, you know, all around. But, uh, I mean, we, we just didn't take advantage of, all the opportunities we had. Uh, our build-up play was decent. Um, we had some great chances, but again, we, we just got to, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Champions League uh, later, but, um, you know, the contrast from that game is we were capitalizing on our chances. And so it's kind of like this dichotomous, um, you know, relationship where you can see what we're capable of and maybe we had a little bit of a Champions League hangover, as you do. Um, but, uh, still undefeated, um, you know, uh, Arsenal, you know, North London is still red for now. Uh, I think it will continue to be red this year. Uh, you know, Ange, um, the new manager at Spurs, um, I think he's exactly what they needed. And, um, you know, they have a player in Sun who kept them in the game and that taught them had a lot less chances, but the chances they got, they capitalized it and, that's ultimately what ended up in the draw and uh, still undefeated and uh, still vying for the top of the table. So we'll just move on to next week. Sonny with a 
the second most goals in the EPL at this point in the season behind Erling Holland. Just in case you missed our tweet yesterday, by the way, uh, both Arsenal and Tottenham have records after that result of four, two and zero. So uh, very, very, very special records for both of these teams. Uh, I, I would, I would put them in first place because of those records, even though they're not actually in first place. That's, that's how much I respect those three numbers in that sequence. You can both be first alternates. Um, uh, Rob, just, just curious on your um, thoughts from this uh, Spurs game. It felt like, I mean, obviously, both times Arsenal scored. Um, well, the the first time the Spurs technically scored, but uh, but both times a goal was credited to Arsenal. Uh, it, it seemed like within just a few minutes, Spurs had kind of s- s- caught them in a little bit of a lull right after the goal. Um, I that's what happened in the game tying goal there. Two uh, two, uh, Saka hits the penalty, and then I mean, I I, I feel like t- TV almost missed uh the, the the second goal there for Sun. But um, you know, I it kind of flashed me back to last season where Arsenal it seemingly just had control over a game and lapsed concentration for 30 seconds, a minute, a, a, a pass, and it, it just it just bit them in the ass. Is that something you felt or was this just uh, Spurs being a really good team and having a menta- uh, an elite mentality as well and, and bouncing back. Did, did you feel that game was more on Spurs playing well or Arsenal allowing Spurs to tie that game? Um, I mean, I, I think it was really both. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a great point because both goals were literally, you know, a minute or two uh, af- right after each time Arsenal scored. And, you know, that that is a dangerous time. Um, it's a pattern that you can see in a lot of uh, matches, you know, be it World Cup or uh, on the international level um, or at the club level where, uh, you know, certain teams, you know, if it's a hard-fought match, they scored, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still celebrating. They're riding their hide horse. And, uh, you know, they, they can let the other team, they can fall asleep at the wheel, if you will, and become complacent. And, you know, we're in the Premier League. It's the best league in the world. And all it takes is 30 seconds of being lackadaisical, not paying attention uh, for the tables to completely flip. So um, I, I do think it was a combination of us uh, letting them come back in the game when we didn't need to. You know, a perfect example was that second goal. Jorginho, who is renowned as he's a great defensive midfielder for possession. He's renowned for holding on to the ball and not losing it a lot. And uh, I mean, he made a very basic mistake, which it was very uncharacteristic. I'll put it that way. Um, But then, you know, to your other point, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, this Tottenham squad is class. Um, I mean, they're certainly motivated. And uh, I think that has a lot to do with uh, the guy that have the helm in Ange Postacoglu. Um, I mean, he's uh, extremely calm as a manager. He doesn't lose his cool. He's not over the top, um, you know, similar to like Arteta or, uh, you know, Klopp on the sidelines. You know, he's just kind of, emotionless there and you know he he's got that experience and he's really lit a fire at Tottenham and uh Tottenham has also changed the way they played a lot I'd say um you know Tottenham historically 
uh, under Conte as and Mourinho, um, you know, they were very uh, defensive uh, in the way they played before. Whereas Ange has come in and uh, tried to flip that script and make them a lot more offensive um, as a team. And uh, you can you can see that in the way that they're playing uh, leading up to this match, uh, but in the Arsenal match itself. So. Um, so yeah, I think it was a combination of both things, and uh, those are two things you don't want to happen at the same time. So we're we're very lucky we got away with a draw, and we didn't necessarily drop any more points there. But um, you know, I, I think also there was a little bit of Champions League hangover, which we'll talk about that match later. But I mean, that match was absolute dreamland for Arsenal fans. So I, I think we did have a little bit of that hangover coming into the uh north london derby but uh we got to run it back at tottenham and we'll we'll make sure that we win it at their house and uh let them know who's winning this rivalry i wonder how much of tottenham's performance this year has been harry kane leaving being addition by subtraction um because you know they're, they're i think they're they're in a little bit better form than than they were at this point last year you know i i started there but I don't think it. I don't think it has anything to do with Harry Kane. Um, I think it has a lot more to do with James Madison. Uh, they finally have. They've they've been an offense. If you're if you're familiar with American football, to me, this first team has been similar to maybe the Jets. They have been really bad because they haven't had a quarterback. They haven't had the guy to distribute to Son and Kane. They kind of had to do it for each other, and they're they're not midfielders. They're not. Pa- passing isn't the best thing that Kane and Sun do. Um, passing is absolutely the best thing that Madison does. Uh, and y- you bring him in a, a new, a new skipper as well, who what I've liked is he hasn't tried to reinvent the wheel like Conte and Mourinho did. It, it, it felt like they tried to be too much of the center of what was happening and not just putting their players in the best position. Um, and th- that's something uh, that this current manager seems to be, He's just willing to put his best players out there and let them go play. And the addition of Madison, um, I think, has been huge. It's it's worth noting that Spurs do own a buyback clause on Harry Kane. So if if they get to where they feel comfortable and they've got the funds, they can buy him back from Bayern and bring him back in. So you may have not seen the last bit of Harry Kane uh, from the Spurs. But I, I think James Madison, at the end of the year, is going to be the player that we look at um, as maybe the best transfer in in the summer window from any Premier League team. Yeah, I, I remember back in the the first episode we had leading uh leading into the start of the season, we were, you know, it, it was all hypothetical um at that point, but yeah, I'd made the note that I thought the uh the sneakiest and potentially best signing of that um offseason window was James Madison the Spurs and this was when uh, I thought that the talks with Byron were going to fall through for Harry Kane. So it just goes to show that, I mean, you know, if, if they'd even kept Kane there with Madison and Son, uh, you know, it, it could have been something, you know, even more special. So, uh, you know, credit credits to Spurs. Uh, you know, they're, they're certainly, certainly playing much better than they had the last couple of seasons. But, uh, you know, we're looking to – all of us are looking to keep them out of the top four so we can enjoy Champions League next year as well. Yeah, it's it, it's nice, at least as a Liverpool fan, having your neighbor 
be so far down that like you don't even really have to worry about them qualifying for for champions league or whatever because we're i mean we're all we're all hoping that everton gets gets relegated that that'd be really fun um but but it's it's nice not having that same team on the level of you you know we haven't played everton yet but but at least like when we play them hopefully we're going to be the heavy favorites and not not come out with a draw so that's that's a that that's something i i is a luxury for me as a liverpool fan at the moment uh what what's not a luxury for me is the fact that my team's not in the UCL, so I don't I don't have a lot of a uh, lot of analysis when we talk about that. But we did beat LASK Linz three to one in the uh, the Europa League back last Tuesday. Um, to give you an idea of how Coach Klopp is approaching this, the only two people who in the, from the regular starting lineup who started in that game were Virgil Van Dyke and um, I had it here in front of me, and Darwin Nunez, of course. Uh, we didn't even start Allison in goal in that game. Uh, Mohamed Salah did not even start in that game, though he did come off the bench and score a goal in the 88th minute to put away the game. Uh, Luis Diaz also also did play in this game. So that kind of answers my question as to how uh, Liverpool is approaching this Europa League, which is definitely not with the same level of competitiveness and seriousness as the UCL teams are approaching Champions League or as the Reds are approaching Premier League play. Um, I do think it's it's good for when the season gets into the grind and players go down with injuries because that's going to happen to us. You know, that we're going to have guys miss matches and now getting these players to get this international experience uh, is a, it's going to be really valuable down the road in, you know, February and March when this season really, really starts grinding and and we need everybody to step up. Um, So, you know, that happy with the result, you know, it's it's a a team we definitely should have beaten um, definitely shouldn't have conceded early to Florian Flecker with the goal for, for Linz. Well, that's a, that's a fantastic name. Um, But moving on to uh, uh, the, uh, the EPL game this week against uh against uh, West Ham uh kind of more of the same for for Liverpool their their games this season have followed a bit of a theme uh kind of play play shaky in the first half concede early which they did uh well not really early against West Ham but they did concede in the first half um Salah with the penalty in the 16th minute uh Jared Bowen the, the equalizer for the Hammers in the 42nd minute and then Darwin Nunez uh with the goal set up by Mo Salah and then Diogo Jota putting it away with the the third goal but um Sala just three goals in in EPL play it's tied or it's tied for the most on the team with Darwin Nunez but he also has four assists which is tops in the EPL here early on um i i i i don't love what we're doing here with falling behind early but it, it is nice to know that this team will play a full 90 minutes you know they're they're going to follow what Klopp says especially in the locker room i you got to credit uh, especially uh Klopp here for making the kinds of adjustments that you need to make to win an EPL game in the second half. You know, you go into locker room tied one-to-one, anything can happen, especially if you just conceded, which the Reds had just done in the 42nd minute. So I I definitely give a lot of credit to Klopp and the the rest of the management staff for that win. You know, at the home crowd, of course, Anfield is is a really, really tough place to play. Uh, we, we always play much, much better there than we do on the road. It's, it's nice to see that, that you know, the Beatles talked about a sea of green, but it was a sky of blue and sea of red at Anfield. And, you know, we're, we're just, just two points behind Man City for that top spot right now. So I, I really like this start compared to last year's start where we were, we were uh, losing to a lot of teams that we shouldn't have been losing to and digging a hole for ourselves. So overall, 
uh, excited about what's going on in the EPL for Liverpool. Glad the uh, glad some of the younger players and newer players get a chance to get some international experience in the Europa League. But of course, I wish I was where y'all are and that watching soccer on CBS or Paramount uh, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays with the the UCL. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if Liverpool keep playing this way, that'll be something you see next year. Um, with, with that, without a doubt, they're playing. Probably the, the 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 best that I've seen them play in two years, uh, and it's just it, it's it's not really beating themselves. They're not making stupid mistakes. They're not having, you know, the uh, VVD for all of his good is usually due for one mental, you know, lapse a game that leads to a goal or, uh, you know, God, God knows Trent has had uh, his fair share of of mental lapses on defense as well, uh, and if you can li- limit those. Liverpool have Liverpool have the, the the players, especially this year, uh, from what they've added. So, um, you know, transitioning from the Europa League to Champions League, um, Man City just kind of ho hummed their way through this game. Uh, it was uh, a really bizarre first half where uh, Red Star actually came out uh, ahead one nothing. They they put one past Ederson uh, right before halftime. City had twenty two shots on goal. At that point in the game, and not a single one had gone in. Their one shot on goal went in, and they took a one nothing lead into half. And um, you know, I wouldn't say City woke up. I thought they played very well in the first half. Just nothing went into the net, and eventually, a couple went in. You know, ho hum got out of there. Uh, five of our six subs came in, um, and you know, it was what it was. Uh, the Premier League, I would say, much much of the same. We also played West Ham. We also went down one nothing to West Ham and then just woke up. Um, I don't know what it is. It, C- City does that a lot. They'll go down one nothing and then just absolutely obliterate whoever they're playing against, and it's it's weird. Doesn't always happen, but um, you know, C- City for three straight matches gave up the first goal and then came back and and. Scored it, scored the rest of the goals for the match, didn't give up any others, uh, and wound up winning. Um, the, the, the game on uh, on Saturday against Nottingham was very interesting. We scored very quickly, scored two very quick goals, and then kind of just, you know, we're in a holding pattern. Then we come out and, and get that Rodri red card. And, not, you know, City's a team that is susceptible to a counter goal every once in a while, and Nottingham Forest certainly have the, the the strikers the attackers to do that to you and lo and behold city just you know s- slowly subbed out forwards and and put in midfielders and defenders and didn't give anything up honestly didn't really give up anything close either you know a, a shot here or there but it, it this felt like a lot of games that city was still with 11 men we just weren't pushing forward as much we had a chance for two goals even down uh to 10 men so um I feel okay about that. You know, we'll we'll see we'll see where the 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 health of this team lies as as we come up here. Uh, as I mentioned, our, our next couple of matches are uh, you know not not necessarily the easiest ones, but um, you know you, you get Wolves. You never quite know what to expect from Wolves, but you you do expect to beat them. Um, then we have the the the, the Sunday clash, uh, October eighth. So. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, we, we go to the Emirates to play Arsenal for what I would 
say is probably the most anticipated uh, Premier League game to this point, or at least at, to that point uh, of this season, uh, seeing Arsenal and City play again. And Arsenal are going to, at least from what we can tell right now, are going to have the the squad depth advantage. They're going to have more players to pick from. Their 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 best players will be available, and it's it's in the Emirates. It's never easy to win there. Um, once we finish that up, we go to Brighton. Um, or we play Brighton at home and uh, we get Rodri back for the, the follow-up game there, which is the uh, Manchester Derby. Uh, that's at the end of October though. It's, it's hard to believe we just play four matches in the premier league until then, but thank God, honestly. Um, so I'm, I, I'm excited for what's coming up. Should get a really good test and a really good look at what this city team is going to be uh, for the better part of this year. Hopefully we can get Jack Grealish work back in, but uh, last thing I'm going to say on, on City uh, before I pass this off is uh, I just want to give a shout out to Jeremy Doku, um, the, the, the the new acquisition by City right before the transfer window closed, um, the Belgian international. I was I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, he, he didn't start in one of our matches, didn't play most of it, and we just kind of felt like we were in a lull. And then he came in and it was like, just an immediate uptick and immediate energ- uh, energization of, of the team. Uh, he, he does so, so much so well for a guy being 21 years old. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I've ever experienced the, a level of difference in comfort uh, from a guy being on or off the pitch, um, uh, except for Kevin De Bruyne, the way I do for Daku. I, I feel, I feel at, at ease when Daku's on the, on the pitch and, City just kind of tend to stagnate a little bit um, if they have, you know, like Phil Foden playing in that position. Um, so not only is he, he takes up a position that we don't get a whole lot of energy from, but he's able to uh, let Phil move into his his midfield role where he is much more of a, a chance creator. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout out to Doku. I, I didn't I didn't think he would be in this side in a team like this this quickly already being the energizer bunny and it's it, it's fun to watch I, i'm glad that we have him one more shout out i just wanted to give uh, on the liverpool side before uh we we get deeper into ucl is uh, uh joel Mati- matip um the cameroonian uh subbing for uh the injured trent alexander arnold on sunday and shutting down michael antonio the striker for west ham uh it was that that's kind of a it was like a uh cornerback on a star wide receiver matchup and and uh Joel just locked him up. So that, that was, that that's, he's already had to start four times this year uh, because of injuries, but never to start for TAA. So in, come, come, come in and doing that as a, he drew praise from Klopp in the press this week, which is not easy to do. So uh shout out there to Joel. Yeah. Um, Alex, I was going to say that uh, Doku, I mean, the, the last couple of matches I've seen him play for you guys, um, you know, everything said change of place player, um, you know, he, he gets really stuck in there and that's the style of football that city plays on the wings. When you have, uh, Grealis and Foden, when he was on the wing, um, you know, just being really disruptive, um, you, you know, sticky boots, uh, opening up chances for other folks crossing the ball in. Um, uh, I thought he was a great, I, I thought initially at the beginning of the season that Vardiol was going to be your best acquisition, which, you know, he certainly played well. Um, he hasn't done anything to say otherwise, but um, I, I think Doku has made uh, more 
much more of an immediate uh, and pronounced impact um, there for you guys. So definitely a good shout out there for sure. And um, yeah, as I alluded to earlier on, uh, it was a fantastic time to return to the Emirates. Champions League is there and uh, Arsenal is the only place, the Emirates is the only place that Champions League football is being played in the whole city of London. So hold that Tottenham, hold that Chelsea, hold that L. Because uh, we're here and we did it in grand style. A four, dominant 4-0 four victory over PSV of the Eredivisie. Um, for those folks not familiar, that's a Dutch league. Um, so those guys, PSV, were the reigning champions over Ajax. And, um, I mean, just through and through, um, fantastic uh, team play by Arsenal. Uh, Bukayo Saka getting on the score sheet eight minutes in with an absolute rocket. Um, just classic Starboy Saka doing Starboy Saka things. And uh, my favorite goal to match actually came in the 20th minute with uh, Leandro Trossard, man. Um, I mean, just a one-touch directly off a cross. Um, he pinged it uh, across the goalkeeper's face in the opposite corner and just, uh, I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty. Um, I still stand by Trossard. He's unfortunately did not play um, in the Tottenham uh, match. Um, uh, him as well as Martinelli are both have some uh, little knocks that they're nursing. Uh, but I mean, Champions League football, we we had to play Trossard. He's uh, he's absolutely on fire this season, and I love what I'm seeing from him. Uh, as well as Gabriel Jesus and Martin Odegaard both getting on the score sheet for the Arsenal, and uh, it, it was a great way. Um, you know, Martin Odegaard doing his uh, you know classic outside the box running in and just you know ripping it from outside and. Gabriel Jesus, you know, he's just a natural ball hawk, right? He's just lurking around the box and he's the right place, right time. And uh, he always finds, uh, seems to find a way to be there and sniff out the ball. So a uh, great, uh, great dominant team victory to Arsenal and, uh, you know, keeping tabs on the rest of our group. Um, RC Lenz and Sevilla both drew 1-1. Um and uh, so we're certainly in control of this group. Uh, I can certainly see us finishing with a nine points and setting ourselves up, uh, you know, for the knockout rounds of UCL, as well as um, allowing us to concentrate uh, more in that premiership title race as well and give us some breathing room. Um, you know, very happy about it. We, we didn't, uh, when we were talking about the Prem, uh, we, we didn't get to talk about our match against Everton, which was a very dominant victory. You know, the scoreline doesn't show it 1-0, but, you know, Everton just being, again, in the position they are in the table, you know, they're parking the bus, they're playing a very defensive uh, form of football. Um, so, you know, they're a tough nut to crack, but once you get in there, um, you know, th things were working for us. So uh, I'm glad that we were able to uh, get by that. And um, the other significant thing, the reason I brought it up, uh, is David Raya um, seems to be uh, the new number one goalkeeper for Arsenal. He's the first game he started was that Everton match, uh, then started the Champions League game against PSV, as well as the North London Derby, where um, I think Raya's uh, done well. Um, you know, I do think uh, he is a better all around keeper than Ramsdale. Um, you know, I. Uh, 
uh, I hate to say it. Uh, I said it before, but um, you know, I, I respect Ramsdale. I like him. You know, he's the guy that got us here. Um, but you know, at, at times, you know, he's been prone to make mistakes uh, or have a lapse of judgment in, uh, you know, crucial moments where uh, not all the time, but you know, that's the difference between you winning and losing uh, and, you know, finishing top four, or not finishing top four. So uh, we'll see if, you know, Arteta claims that it's rotating uh, goalkeeping room. So, you know, we'll see if that is the case or if he's just going to stick with Raya. There's rumors of Ramsdale potentially wanting a move to Chelsea or Bayern, uh, which I would absolutely hate both of those things. Um, I, I think we need Ramsdale in the squad. Um, but, you know, certainly a great few matches debut for Raya. He made an incredible save actually against Tottenham. Um, he wasn't really tested much against PSV uh, and Everton, but um, he made a full body um, diving out save. Um, I believe it was either Son or Madison who absolutely ripped a shot to the net and he jumped fully across the goal, slapped it away. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, I, I can't complain with what I'm seeing. I think the, the chemistry is building there and, um, you know, we're just looking to have everyone healthy. Um, you know, leading up to the Man City match on next weekend. And, uh, you know, uh, I think the Gunners are in a good spot, and it's only going to go up from here. Whatever you do, don't get rid of your keeper yet. Uh, learn from Manchester United's mistakes. Um, definitely don't go sight unseen uh, on, on, your, on your goalkeeping there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm sure Manchester United wishes they had a Catalan back in net as well uh, at this point too because Onana has been oh no no so far this season and uh, it's <laughs> uh, it, don't get me wrong it's hilarious to watch but at, at a certain point it's just kind of it's kind of embarrassing watching adults be this bad at a professional job like uh, like Onana uh, has been so far this year, this season. Not 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 to say that the defense in front of him has been that great, but um, it's certainly it it, co- it cost him that first match against Bayern. Which, by the way, if you haven't watched the highlights or gone back and got kind of a a fifteen minute recap of that match, that was that was maybe the best match of uh you know the the first games in the champions league so far i i really enjoyed watching that one uh goals galore in the second half um it the complete opposite of milan and newcastle which i enjoyed for a whole uh, bunch of different uh separate reasons um but that Bayern man U game was was something to watch last wednesday yeah i i got to watch it live um it was the same uh time as the arsenal match so went down to the old reliable London Bridge pub in Raleigh, North Carolina. Definitely recommend it. I know I've talked about it on here before, but, uh, you know, for a Wednesday at 3 p.m., you know, it was a great atmosphere. And, um, yeah, (laughs) it it was funny watching the Arsenal goals uh, go in and then, you know, the ping pong match that was the uh, Bayern and Man United contest. And, um, you know, it it was an interesting match to watch, uh, also, because, you know, obviously Man United aren't in great form. And to be honest, Bayern aren't that great this year as well. Um, you know, I, I think the addition of Hurricane definitely helped them. But, 
Um, you know, there, there's a lot to be left desired on that Byron team. And, you know, I, that's the vibe I was getting from uh, some of my friends that were Byron fans there watching it with me. Um, so, I mean, the fact that Man United were even able to keep it a one score game uh, towards the end there. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> that, that's credit to them, I guess. I, I don't know, but um you know, I think Bayern is a team in the Champions League that, uh, you know, they can turn it on when they want to. But, um, you know, I think they're a team to watch that uh, I'm not so shaky. If let's just say if Arsenal were to get a draw with them in the first knockout stages against Bayern Munich, I'd be very happy with that draw. I don't know what your thoughts are, Alex. We, we played them last year and we we were told that we're supposed to be scared of them and that they didn't play badly um but it, they're just i don't know it, it, it they're the type of team that should have feasted on us with with Sané and um Musiala and you know Nabry they they're they're lightning quick uh Davies uh, you know on the le- on the left side which he he pushes up a lot um i was told we had to be really scared of them and you know it was just Maybe they just had a, a, a bad run of form. Um, I mean, c- certainly City can impact what you're doing uh, and change things, but I, I just never felt it. One thing I will say, though, they had this young kid, uh, this Matthias Tell. Uh, he's like 18 or something, and he just comes in and scores goals. Um, I, I think the, the big problem for Bayern is, uh, you know, being in a game with Man United, th- this was absolutely – a rock fight for who had the worst goalie in this matchup. Um, Ulrich is not a good keeper. Uh, I, I have concerns about their right side defensively with uh, Limer right now being their right back. He is traditionally uh, a midfielder. Um, if it was me, I go, go find a right back. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what you guys are doing, but that they have the players. Um, one of the issues for Bayern is, they're just they're they're aging. Kimmich, Goretzka, um, Mueller. Th- these guys have been playing on every team together for like the last fifteen years, uh, and they're just they're they're getting older. Um, I, I noticed that the lit didn't play. Uh, that's another guy that I would probably have put in there and then moved either uh, Kim or Upamakano to uh, my right back position just to uh, I I don't. I having Lamer matched up on Rashford was stupid to me. Like th- their best player, you had your worst player, at least your most out, uh, you know, out of, out of his comfort zone player uh, guarding him. And it, it went about as you would expect. Um, if Onana hadn't been absolutely um, self-destructing the entire time, Manchester United probably wins this game. Uh, and this, this is not a good Man U team. Um, they've got good players, but they're not a good team. Uh, so I, I, I think Byron is an okay draw. The only thing I'm you, you worry about is they can score at any minute, and they they are a very quality squad, but they're an old squad. They they don't have a lot of young bucks that are playing regularly, and that that costs them in in a marathon like a Champions League, especially towards the end. If you're talking about knockout stages, uh, they they just don't have they don't have the youth. I don't think to keep up with some of the younger higher uh, and talented teams, especially 
I, the Arsenal would run circles around them just with their stamina. Uh, in terms of quality, it, maybe it's about a wash, but in terms of stamina and just being able to play full speed the entire game, Arsenal has that over them. So I, I wouldn't say it's a dream draw, but it's it's certainly one where I would favor Arsenal over Bayern. Absolutely. And I mean, it with extra motivation, uh, we can just pretend that uh, Harry Kane has that stupid little cockerel on his chest wearing a white Totten jersey when we play them. And, you know, it might get a couple more goals out of it. So um, we, we'll see there. Um, I, I got to say, though, guys, uh, I know we've been talking about Champions League and everything, but uh, with with the Premiership, uh, I mean, we, we can't not talk about this match. One team that has been they had a, a fantastic first match start of the season and then they lost uh three matches uh they, I think they've kind of found their form again but the mighty magpies of Newcastle absolutely destroying Sheffield United eight mil um in their own house in Sheffield um I, I have a little poem for you uh it's it's a uh, English nursery rhyme that I've known since heart, uh, since I was a kid, and it's called The Magpie. One for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret, never be told. And you know what? Arsenal just, or I mean, Newcastle just added one extra one in there for good luck and said, screw the poem. We are the mighty magpies of the Seal City, and we're here to play. And uh, I think that, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, but, you know, I think that draw against Milan in Champions League, um, you know, I think that gave them a little bit of, like, life again. Because, I mean, if they had lost that game, they would have been very, I don't know, they would have been, like, down in the dumps. And, you know, they got an extremely tough group with Dortmund and PSG in there as well. But, I mean, them them drawing against Milan, you know, I, I could see Newcastle uh, beating Dortmund. Um, PSG certainly handled Dortmund well, so I, I do think PSG is the team to beat in this group. But, I mean, I don't know. With that draw, I, I think there's life in Newcastle and Eddie Howe and the boys. Uh, I, think, I think they're surging here, and uh, I'm curious to see uh, what they can do. The Magpies meeting with triumph and disaster and treating those two imposters just the same. One of my favorite uh, quotes of all time from the great Rudyard Kipling. Uh, we we just beat them in the Premier League a couple a couple weeks ago, and uh, they you know they, I think I think we Rob I think you and I predicted them to get out of that group um, in the in the Champions League. So um, I, I can't we have to I'd have to go back and listen to uh, to the last show. But I know I, I know I, I, had not. That I was out. a doubter. I was maybe a doubter. Was so you are the lone you are the lone prophet, Luke. No, I, I, I had them and I was say. Uh, uh, not PSG, not Dortmund. Who's the other one in there? Milan. Milan. Yeah, I, I think I had both of them going on. Um, yeah, I but, knew I wasn't know, to, alone. To, to the point of Newcastle, they 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 started the season on hard mode. Uh, of course, They got to play Aston Villa, but then they played City, Liverpool, and Brighton back to back to back. And it, I don't care how good of a team you are anyone can lose those three matches um that they've they've bounced back they've got three of their harder fixtures out of the way already um but just one thing on history uh 
That is the first time in Premier League history that a team has had eight different players score. They scored eight goals. All eight of them were from different players. Nobody had a brace in an eight nothing. And uh, that's that that's an incre- incredible testament to uh, the quality of this team and probably why this start has been a little bit more head scratching. Not not why did you lose, but why did you look like you weren't really involved in these these first matches for the first month of the year? Um, eight, eight, eight players scored. Uh, that's just, it, it's, I would have expected, you know, Alexander Isak and Callum Wilson to probably have braces, if not a hat trick each in an eight, nothing, but they got it from everywhere. They got it from the subs. They got it from the defense. Uh, literally every, every level of this team scored. Um, the only thing I would say is this almost feels like one of those, you get a hundred dollars from you know your, your grandparents for your birthday, and they say don't spend it all in one place. I hope Newcastle did not spend their goal scoring all on Sheffield United because it's not worth it. You only needed one. Um, I, I just just carry carry this better um, because I I like Newcastle, and Newcastle is one of those teams that is capable of doing the dirty work. Uh, you know, if, if City or Arsenal or Liverpool drop a match, this is the team that's capable of going and and doing the dirty work and. Uh, making the team that we drop points to drop their own points in the Newcastle matchup. So uh, I, I think New, Newcastle is good for all the, the really good teams in this league um, because they're an excellent filter and th- they're going to help uh, make sure that only the good teams wind up in the top four, I think. So I pull in for them. They're, they're one of my favorite teams in the, in the premier league. We're oil buddies. So uh, up the magpies. The magpies have a matchup with Burnley this weekend. Uh, as they the Burnley is a oh oh one and four, so uh, they they will be the favorites at home um, against Burnley in this uh, in this game. Uh, just a few minutes here remaining in this episode of the Right Hosh. Before I, is there anything else you guys wanted to get in before I go through this weekend schedule? Yeah, re- real quick, just shout out to Luton for getting their first Premier League point. Um, they are no longer bottom of the table. Uh, excellent for them. They have an absolute uh, travesty for. Uh, uh, an outfit over there um, to just staircases above people's houses to get into their stadium. But other than that, uh, <laughs> pull, pull, pulling for them this year, if you haven't go, go look up the Luton stadium uh, tour on, on YouTube. And um, yeah, I le- legitimately walking between people's houses to get into their stadium. It's, it's hilarious, but also like, it's just that it, it, it feels very Premier League. It feels very community-based, and, and I like it. So just, you know, good on Luton. It's like college football almost. Like like you have, like like in, in, in the SEC, you have, you know, you have Neyland Stadium, and then you have a stadium in a construction site and the, and the rain, in the same state, and the range just, like, it covers all of it. So it's, it's kind of the same thing here in the Premier League. You have, you know, uh, the Etihad and and Emirates and, and uh, you know, uh, I'm and I'm Anfield. like on my own state, my own team stadium, <laughs> Anfield, and then you have loot, you know, and it's just it's it's like it doesn't matter. These players, these eleven players you put on the field, are still all good enough to be in this league, regardless of where they're playing the game. Absolutely, it's it's what makes it so cool, and uh, I I really hope that this format uh, makes its way into American sports one way or the other. Uh, the, the the relegation idea is 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 so good, and certainly it can be applied in other sports that aren't just football. Speaking of relegation and down the dumps, love to see it. Food line FC in 14th, uh, only 
uh, one point ahead uh, of the next two teams after them. Um, so, you know, just looking at Chelsea's uh, schedule here, I mean, they're, they could drop points here. They, they play Arsenal the 21st of October, Fulham um, next weekend, uh, and they're playing uh, Brentford right after that in the Premier League. So, um, I mean, just an absolute dream scenario. Um, you know, Chelsea has barely been mentioned. Uh, in the press, it's great. Um, I mean, they're they're going down, baby. Uh, uh, I'd love to see it. I was out at breakfast the other day, and I I saw a man in a full Chelsea tracksuit with the logo on both the pants and the jacket. And I ordinarily I would I would give give him hell, you know, kind of channel the namesake of our studios and give you a hard time if I saw you out in public with that. But I just I just let him walk by because I felt sorry for him. Hell, I, was he was he homeless? No, this is just this was just a normal a normal uh, normal guy eating breakfast at a certain uh, fast food restaurant that I frequent. But but man, why would you wear that out in public? He might not be homeless, but he sure is hopeless. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I give the guy credit for wearing that in the public, but right, um, <laughs> that, it feels like me wearing Tennessee stuff out in the middle two thousands two thousand tens. He's like, you know what, this kid has loyalty, so respect. Um, but yeah, uh, they have five goals in the season. Five. That's that's less than Erling Holland has by himself, right? Or as many. Yes, I was gonna say the stat is is as of uh I believe it's like January or at the start of last season or as of January this year, Erling Holland has one more goal than the whole Chelsea squad. Oh yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. He's he's outscored most of the bottom of this current table too. Uh but yeah, just it, I don't know I don't know what's happening there. Uh it's gone through ownership. It's gone through players. It's gone through this. It's gone through that. And just, I, I don't know what's happened to the once formidable, albeit annoying, but formidable Chelsea. Uh, I, I, for one, I'm happy to see it. It'd be, it would be wicked if that was a, a, a championship level uh, stadium next year and not a premier league level table uh, uh, stadium, but it just feels weird. It, what it signals to me is it can hit anybody at any time. So count count your blessings while you're on top because at any point you could become Chelsea. They they I would like it to be known they have the same amount of goals this season as Everton. <laughs> Oof. Oof. So I'm just conditioned to laugh when I hear the word Everton at this point. It's just <laughs> I just it's like 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 Pavlov Pavlovian. <laughs> Oh, they, they, she- they Sheffield United that just lost eight nil to Newcastle have as many fucking goals as Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh man, I, I, it's weird. I mean, it, as bad as Chelsea is, they're worse than they were last year. And I just, I didn't, I didn't think that Chelsea could realistically get worse, and here they are, realistically worse. Um, well, as you said. But it's it's not like they've played. They haven't even they played Liverpool to open, but since then has been West Ham, Luton, Nottingham Forest who they lost to, Burnmouth who they tied, and Aston Villa who they lost to. Like it, it's it's not like they're losing to top of the table teams. They haven't even played Brighton. Uh, they haven't played Fulham. They haven't played anyone who's even on the cusp of top of the table, the the top four, and they're they're just getting they're getting humiliated. 
Yeah, congrats, oh, no. guys. You beat you beat Luton Town fucking one nil. That's the one. That's the three one no, win. Three nothing. You have give give them credit. Three nothing. Fair enough. Three nothing. That's that's my bad. 60. Oh yeah, that's right. Only that's, one win, three goals though. That's sixty percent of their goals this year. You have to give them credit for those. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is the statistical outlier? Uh, All right. Well, looking ahead to this weekend as we uh, prepare to wrap this show up and watch some American football, uh, 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. How did you guys draw Chelsea? I don't know because because we're Liverpool. It was the it was at their it was at their stadium. We play like shit on the road. I'm making every excuse here uh, under the building. Um, <laughs> Mohamed Salah came down with the sniffles and wasn't 100. percent um, The referees cheated us. Um, although no, there were two goals in that game, one for each team that were disallowed because of VAR. So it was it was definitely a controversial result for for both teams. But yeah, man, I don't know. I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna forget that it even happened. Thanks, thanks for reminding me, though. I mean, yeah, we've been playing such sh- good soccer lately that I forgot all about it. You should legit be tied for number one if you hadn't dropped points to the fucking shitty kitty. Well, like you said, it can happen to anyone at, at any time. That's true. And I'm just, I'm just gonna be thankful that it hasn't happened to us yet because this time last season we were, we were kind of in a similar position to where that's they true. Were. Yeah, at least you didn't lose it. At, at least yeah, you, golly, you got a point yeah. out of it. <laughs> kissing your sister that's what they that's what they say i don't have any sisters so i would that's, that's uh, kissing your brother right there that's <laughs> <worse>. <laughs> aston villa will host brighton who is actually third in the in the table with just a point below uh below us uh at 7 30 a.m eastern time on saturday morning uh, that's a standalone game then 10 o'clock uh everton and luton that's a ever uh that'll be at goodison park uh man U and crystal palace also at 10, uh, Newcastle and Burnley, as previously mentioned. West Ham and Sheffield United. Alex's citizens take on the Wolves. They'll be on the road for that game. And uh, Rob's Gunners go on the road to face the Cherries of Burnmouth. Uh, so road games for all three of us as at 1230, uh, Tottenham and Liverpool takes center stage. Loaded Saturday of soccer. Not so much on Sunday. There's just one game. It's Nottingham Forest hosting Brentford. But we get... Uh, another game on Monday and another on Tuesday. It's uh, Fulham hosting the, the aforementioned Food Lion FC at three o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Time on Monday. And then uh, not sure how many people are going to be watching this one on Tuesday, but it's at two thirty Eastern Time. Luton hosting Burnley. So maybe, maybe I'll just tur- turn it on just so I can see a game be played in that stadium. Just to go along with that, um, I just checked. All three of us do have um, EFL Cup games on Wednesday. Uh, Arsenal going to Brentford um, to to play Brentford, obviously Liverpool uh, at home against Leicester city and uh, Manchester city got the, the, the worst end of this one. We go to St. James park to play Newcastle, the uh, eight, uh, not eight, uh, eight points. I think they're on eight points or so. Um, but the, the, the newly revitalized Newcastle magpies, um, we go on the road on Wednesday for the EFL cup match there. So um, some, some midweek goodness for you guys uh, across the pond and, and here locally, if you like this type of thing. Yeah, man, that's, that's just, we're in the middle of American football season. So that, that middle of the week is my, my off time, you know, being, being working and working, working on Saturdays and everything. I I get, I get one of those days off. So I I get to, I get to watch soccer. Uh, I I guess I'll, I'll get set. Yeah. Wednesday at two 45 Eastern on ESPN plus I'll get to watch Liverpool play an exhibition. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's 
it, it's cool. I mean, we can do without these right now. I can let right. everyone breathe, but okay, yeah. Let, let's fill up. Let's play games on seven days a week. Who cares? Pull some guys, let's pull some guys up from the U18s and the U21s to, to play in these games. That's, <laughs> that's what we're doing. We we don't even have enough of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, cool. Um, I, I'm excited. We, 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 we are going to have stuff to entertain us during the midweeks for pretty much the rest of the, the soccer season. So it's awesome. Some, some games more important than others uh, for, 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 for some of our hosts. Some, some of them are, uh, you know, Europa league against LASIK, uh, LASIK lens. Um, hey, they, they all, they all count because I, I, you don't get to a treble without winning some of these. Um, True. They, they, this is what fills in behind uh, the, the, the UCL. So um, they, these are important matches. And you know, when you're going for, records like that or just trying to keep up with whoever's ahead of you these still matter they, they might not be the the big dollar trophies but uh the, these domestic ones mean a whole lot that's about all the time we've got here on this episode of the right hosh thanks everyone for tuning in uh we enjoyed bringing it to you unless unless rob unless rob I, has anything i else. have one last parting note i'm smiling ear to ear right now because portsmouth pompey is pole position number one in League One. Uh, we're sitting at the top here. Uh, play up, Pompey. Go, let's go, Blue Army. And uh, we're coming for the championship. We're coming for you, Southampton. Here's those footsteps, baby. Let's go. And there you have it. As you hear the play up Pompey music here to close out our show, uh, like you heard on that last episode of The Right Hash. Why, why not here? As we uh, we ride off into the sunset here on this episode of The Right Hosh, we will talk to you next week about some football across the pond. And we'll also have another episode later this week of The Right Hash with American football, picks galore, college football recaps, potpourri, all that kind of stuff coming your way later this week from the Nasser Alexander Jenkins.